Welcome to the Get Over Yourself podcast. This is author and athlete Brad Kearns discovering ways to be healthy, fit, and happy in hectic, high-stress modern life. So let's slow down and take a deep breath, take a cold plunge, and expertly balance that competitive intensity with an appreciation of the journey. That's the theme of the show. Here we go. The Get Over Yourself podcast is brought to you by Almost Heaven, beautiful compact home use sauna kits, ancestral supplements, grass-fed organ meats in a capsule, DNA Fit, genetic testing for custom diet and exercise recommendations, Integro Health, high-potency liquid probiotic called Flourish, Organifi, organic powdered superfoods, delicious green, gold, and red powders, Wild Idea Buffalo, sustainable, grass-fed, beyond organic, and check out the bradkerns.com slash shop page. That's my personal selection of favorite products for health, fitness, and peak performance. And here we go with the show. Having a ketone supplement to lose weight is, is rather nonsensical. You're always going to be living, you know, one stressful day away from heading back to the popcorn and cheesecake and cookies and, you know, piles of stuff that you know is bad for you. So alcohol as alcohol is not good, right? It's a solvent. But what happens is your liver, if you drink fully, your liver processes it into acid and can make ketones out of it or can make fat out of it. This is Brad. I want to tell you about my life-changing acquisition of a personal home-use sauna. I have a 6x6 barrel sauna in my backyard, ready-made heat therapy, a fabulous unit from Almost Heaven. Check out their website. You can very affordably order your own sauna for installation in your backyard or garage and have a sauna experience, the fabulous health benefits accruing from exposure to hot temperatures. Get that sweat going. These are beautiful, traditional dry barrel saunas where you splash the water on the rocks, go in there and relax. It's become a social centerpiece. At my home, people traveling from far and wide to come check out the barrel sauna, turn the dial or set the timer and walk in to 200 degrees in the Caribbean seas. For some reason, people like to come to the sauna more than my cold tub. Go figure. Check out almostheaven.com and their beautiful natural wood designs. And pretty soon, surprisingly affordable, you will be in the home sauna business. Hey, listeners, more from Dr. Kate Shanahan. I hope you thoroughly enjoyed the first show where we got to know all about her background, especially the four pillars of the human diet. And now we keep rolling. We had some great momentum and a wonderful stay at her home in Connecticut. And I said, let's throw down and call this show Dr. Kate Setting Us Straight. So we get into some of the conventional notions, especially about the ketogenic diet, as well as many other topics, including supplements, uh, the use of caffeine, uh, the pros and cons of using caffeine, because I've stayed away from caffeine my entire life. And then she basically said that all my uh, belief systems were bullshit and that caffeine would be just fine for me to indulge in. So maybe I'll start drinking coffee. I don't know, on those mornings when I'm a little tired. Anyway... 
regarding the keto thing, I think setting everyone straight is really important because the runaway success of the ketogenic diet has brought in a lot of hype and misinformation. Most particularly, the distinction between stuffing your face with high fat foods in the name of going keto and doing keto correctly, which is stimulated by the burning of stored body fat, not ingested body fat, straight up. Wow. Enjoy the show. Just going to set us straight. It's a very important show to listen to, especially if you are deep into the health scene like I am and always willing to try the latest, greatest diet, supplement, even fitness practice that's going to get you a 5% advantage, that kind of thinking. Of course, you could have worse problems like being a lazy ass that won't get off the couch, but I think we need to check our enthusiasm sometimes and run it through Dr. Kate's bullshit meter, which is on fire during this show. Enjoy more from Dr. Kate Shanahan in Connecticut, but not for long. She's moving to Florida. Here we go, rolling. And this is picking up the conversation from last night's wonderful dinner by our uh, gourmet chef, our our catered meal by Luke, who happens to be in-house. He's an in-house uh, in house, just at your disposal <laughs> frequently. Okay. Had that great meal from the great local Connecticut uh, market and the quality meats. One of the one of the highlights of living here, you said. Uh, but we got into assorted matters of interest, and I'm asking you some point blank questions, and you're like bullshit. And then I ask you another question, bullshit as well. So this is like the bullshit meter is turned on. We got a red light. We could turn on the neon sign. Um, first topic: keto and the incredible hype and popularity of the ketogenic diet, there's some do's and don'ts, it turns out, and there's some misunderstandings, misinterpretations. So where do we start? Turn on the mic. I guess you can start with, you know, you don't need to follow a ketogenic diet to get all the benefits of ketones and for your body to produce ketones, right? Because your body will naturally, a healthy body will naturally produce ketones from your body fat. When you go long enough, between meals that you are sourcing your body fat as a source of energy. It only happens, you can only do it if you're healthy enough, if your metabolism is not in this unhealthy state that we call insulin resistance, or if you're experiencing hyperinsulinemia or pre-diabetes, which is kind of the same thing gone a little bit farther down the road of disease, and then diabetes, which is even farther down the road. So when you're insulin resistant, pre-diabetic or diabetic, it's very difficult for your body to produce ketones, even following a ketogenic diet. So this is why um, a lot of folks feel like they don't do so well, you know, on a ketogenic diet, partly because they really need sugar. They're not healthy enough to um, be able to produce ketones. So, so they're, they're just not quite ready for it. So that's why with the fat burn fix, I'm going to have them get ready for, for that. Well, you helped us work through the keto reset diet protocol where we had this first phase, the 21 day metabolism reset, where it was like, hey, ditch grains and sugars and bad vegetable oils before we even talk about this keto stuff, because we want you to get uh, skilled at burning body fat. So if you try it uh, without the uh, requisite skills in place, What's going to happen? In other words, oh, I'm going to do keto. I'm going to cut my carbs. So how many carbs? Oh, 50 grams a day. Okay, I'm going to jump from point A to to point B. What happens? You might feel kind of bad. Like this is what (laughs) they call the keto flu, right? Sometimes Uh it it can come from that. 
Um, but so what a lot of people do to get by with that and still be following a ketogenic diet is, is to snack, right? So they'll snack on um, high fat and protein foods, which can definitely help because it's not necessarily going to help you produce ketones or lose weight, but it helps you get away from this dependence on sugar. So the justification for dumping a giant glob of butter in your coffee or uh, hitting, hitting the bacon really hard four times a day is that it's keeping you away from the dark side of retreating back into sugar. Or hopefully it is because you're satiated with your, I always say, just have a handful of macadamia nuts if you're thinking, if you're dreaming of a cliff bar in the afternoon, and that could be a, 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 a stopgap. Yeah, I mean, that, that might work. Yes, absolutely. But if you're trying to lose weight, having, you know, a handful of macadamia nuts can have 200 calories. You do two handfuls, that's 400. Suddenly now you're talking about if you're my height and you're trying to lose weight, that's that could make it impossible to lose weight. So if you're not able to make it that full span of time between meals, then you want to have, um, you know, a, a much, you want to be very careful about how, how much calories you actually consume as part of the snack and so and that's why i like i have a whole protocol for it in the fat burn fix that i I get people through it um without having to do that because i want to get people off snacks basically yeah so what's the uh what's the what's the issue if you're snacking in a healthy manner and eating keto-friendly snacks Right. Well, so so truly, there is no such thing as a healthy snack, right? Oh, healthy snack, oxymoron. <laughs> because snack on that for a moment. <laughs> because it's always going to be better to get your metabolism healthy enough so that you can burn body fat and you don't need snacks, right? So if you snack, you're possibly preventing that from happening. Right, you're, you're preventing yourself from dipping into your body fat, and and you know burning body fat is absolutely essential to producing ketones. Oh, but wait a second. What about my powdered ketone supplement or my bacon and butter regimen? Right. So, like, so the idea of having a ketone supplement to lose weight is is rather nonsensical. Um, it's, it's, you're going to get the benefits, the brain benefits and the energy boosting benefits of ketones. So that it makes sense on that level, but not to help you lose weight because ultimately to lose weight, you have to burn your body fat. That's why my next book is called the fat burn fix. We're talking about body fat. We're not talking about, you know, fat that you just ate because you know, why, why burn fat that you just ate? It's not gonna help you lose weight. You have to burn your body fat. Again, we're just trying to progress toward this state of metabolic flexibility where burning body fat and, and dialing in whatever desired body composition we want is a piece of cake. It's like a, I, I call it putting your hand on the dial and saying, yeah, I want to drop three more pounds. I'm just going to turn the dial and then make it happen. So if you're progressing toward that goal, I think supplements can come into play if they're keeping you away from the dark side. Same with the snacking. But to have that thought in the back of our mind that this is not, this keto thing is not about stuffing your face with fat bombs. And instead, you're looking, you're envisioning a, uh, a wonderful reality where you're just so good at burning body fat that you can give or take a meal. Yeah, it's like, that's why I like the way you talk about <clears throat> metabolic switches and stuff like that. And um, it's because what you're trying to do is you're just trying to revive your metabolism. You're trying to get your metabolism so that you can burn your body fat. Your body fat will give you ketones. So even if you're following like a 90% carbohydrate diet, you can still 
generate ketones, right? Just as well as somebody following a 90% fat diet if you're metabolically healthy and flexible. You do so by not eating for a time period. The longer you go, so the more Mr. Carb Dude, who eats sweet potatoes for breakfast, uh, uh, quinoa for lunch, and whatever, even a, a vegan person who's in a high carbohydrate intake pattern, but is getting good at fasting, having these compressed eating windows, whatever the practice is, they can still enjoy the benefits. Absolutely. I mean, it's a common thing with, you know, when people are sick, is uh, a common time where people fast. Right. So you told me this when I was I was concerned about my low keto numbers, and I said, "Kate, what's going on? I'm, I'm fasted for 18 hours. I did a sprint workout, and I I pricked my finger and it was 0.3." And you said, "Well, you know, people that come into the ER with the flu have high skyrocket ketone values because they haven't eaten and they're sick and all that." So she basically you said, "Don't worry about it." Exactly. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. The 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 body will produce ketones. If you go long enough without eating, it's it's inevitable. But many people um, can't go that long without mm-hmm. eating because they start to feel bad and they start to feel seriously bad in a way that we've we've actually it's so common we have a name for it that we call it hypoglycemia, and um, which means literally low blood sugar. But it, it is your blood sugar is not literally low necessarily. It's just relatively low. In other words, you need more than your bloodstream can deliver to your brain at any given time. So your brain is not getting enough sugar. And even though your blood sugar might be technically normal, your brain's not getting enough because your bloodstream just simply cannot carry that many calories and sugar. It can't carry that much energy and sugar. We're supposed to be mostly fat-based for for most of our our energy. Um, And so this is what ketones really are for. I mean, the reason that we make, there's one reason that we make ketones, one, for one organ, the very special organ, the brain. Um, and, and that's why our body makes ketones. Other organs, our muscles can use ketones, but the reason nature needed to invent ketones is for the brain because the brain is protected by this thing called a blood brain barrier. And the blood brain barrier prevents big molecules from getting into the brain and fatty acids are big. And so what all that ketones are is basically partly, you know, pre-sliced fatty acids and the liver does the slicing. So you can think of it like a fatty acid is like the whole chicken and um, the ketones are like the chicken nuggets. You can just, the little very special spoiled brain can just kind of, you know, pick them up and doesn't need forks and knives and all that difficult stuff that other cells have to deal with. The brain needs the nuggets. So it just, the, the ketones diffuse right on in. And, um, as as sugar does, but fat can't do that. So that's why nature invented ketones for the brain. So what is the advantage of generating ketones via the burning of stored body fat because you're in caloric deficit or because you haven't eaten versus jumping into this dietary pattern where all your meals are hitting your macros and they're 75% fat and only 20% protein and 5% carbs? What's the What's the difference in terms of health benefits. We know the difference in weight loss benefits is you're going to lose weight if you're (laughs) fasting or eating in in caloric deficit versus if you're stuffing your face with bacon, butter, and the fat bombs all day. But are there any other concerns or... Well, yeah, you don't make ketones out of the bacon and butter. You make ketones out of your body fat. You don't make it out of ingested fat. Not necessarily. It's a much more rare 
time or much lower concentration of ketones. So it's all regulated by your hormones, right? What your, what your liver does with your fat is regulated by your hormones. And when you are, when you've just eaten, your hormones are such that the fat that your body gets that would be broken down into ketones were you fasting where your hormones different actually gets converted into cholesterol so that um, you know the bacon and butter that you just ate is going to be converted into cholesterol and raise your cholesterol and have your doctor freak out so um, not that your doctor should freak out but that's a whole other story <laughs> But, but so the, it's actually a faster, easier way to get into ketosis just by fasting. But as we mentioned, most people are not healthy enough to fast for very long because they uh, have this toxic fat and, and their, their body is going to resist burning fat and insist on burning sugar and make them feel really crappy if they um, stop eating carbs or just stop eating, right? Because you... If you feel hungry or hangry or whatever, um, you can eat some butter or bacon. Then, then you can use that for the other cells in your body, the other organs. They can use that fat, and that's, that preserves whatever sugar your liver is making by gluconeogenesis out of the protein you ate for your brain. But um, it's a stupid way of doing it, honestly, because why eat protein for your brain to get sugar? That's like a waste of animals, <laughs> oh, because you're strictly limiting your carbs. Exactly. Right. right. So your, your brain still needs the sugar. So it's going to get it from breaking down muscle tissue in the case if you're not eating enough protein and you're right. on some crazy diet. Then you're going to feel tired and emaciated. Right. Okay. So that's the that, that seems like a common, common screw-up is just not progressing toward this goal of skipping meals and fasting. Most people are doing keto because they want to lose weight. So, so keto, you're ready for keto once you are, are no longer needing to fast. And then, Wait, then you can follow you're keto. No longer I'm sorry, you're no to, longer needing to snack. When you can make no it between meals. No longer needing to snack. Yeah. Or what about skipping breakfast? You're able to last until noon or some yeah, benchmark. Yeah, you might be ready for keto right. at that point in time, too. And so keto is good. It has a purpose, but it's it's not everybody's ready for it at, right off the bat. And the purpose, of course, of keto is to reduce the help reduce the insulin so that you are you can reverse your insulin resistance, you know, somewhat. You reduce the insulin spikes. And the insulin spikes, you know, accelerate the whole process of developing diabetes from insulin resistance and all this. So you'll, you'll, you'll stop that. But the underlying, underlying cause is still this toxic body fat, which you have to um, continually be aware of so that you don't eat more vegetable oil and, and eat, you know, just build up more toxic body fat. There's actually a study that shows that following a ketogenic diet that is made out of vegetable oil um, uh, yeah, instead of really good fats, um, it, it, when you, when you give animals vegetable, they'll produce tons of ketones, but they actually get fatter and the same amount of calories because they feel so awful that they don't move. Oof. So they just sit there probably, and eat and get probably fatter. Probably relevant to the human. Yes. Probably people I think doing it's that very right relevant. Now. They get fatty liver, they get insulin resistant and they just don't, they're not active so that they just get fatter. So... Could it be an intermediate step to be stuffing your face with fat because you just want to get away from the high insulin producing diet? And are we okay transitioning over to, uh, I remember when I first transitioned to Primal, I switched my giant bowl of cereal that I'd had every morning since I was a kid over to this big, huge omelet every day. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And that's then a after, great first step. after a year, 
I realized when I woke up that I wasn't even hungry for this six egg omelet with the avocado slices on top that I had every single day to, to get away from my cereal. And then, so when that awakening comes for the person out there who has this ambition to, to go keto and get all these benefits, they can just kind of work steadily toward that goal of realizing that they don't need to snack. But you, you were saying uh, off, off the air, like, if you need to snack and you're hungry, it's just a sign that you're still working toward better fat metabolism and, and it's, you have to honor the, the, the hunger signal. Yes, you shouldn't just try to power through it because you could actually, you know, if you get headaches uh, particularly, you could actually end up getting serious brain problems, like even a small stroke. I'm so excited to introduce you to Paluva. This is a new zero-drop minimalist shoe with the distinctive five-toe design from my main man, Mark Sisson. Paluvas give you the most authentic barefoot style experience, but with sufficient cushioning so you can use them for all manner of daily movement, especially walking and many other fitness and athletic activities. Paluvas are also incredibly stylish, so you get a barefoot shoe that you're not embarrassed to wear around in daily life. It's been so cool to see the popularity of minimalist shoes grow over the recent years, but Paluvas are a step ahead of every other zero-drop wide-box shoe because of the critical feature of individual five-toe articulation, a separate slot for each of your toes. This allows for correct dynamic movement of the foot through the walking or running stride, which is impossible when your toes are encased into a single box, even a wide box. Well, you might know that minimalist shoes have faced controversy in recent years for causing injuries from inappropriate use. So here is the big picture mission. We want to get you walking in paluvas, living in your paluvas, going barefoot in your home or other safe areas as often as possible. Go ahead and use your specialized cushiony running shoes or your basketball shoes, work boots, high heels, things that you want to wear when you want to wear them, but wear your Paluvas as much as possible to reawaken the natural functionality of the human foot to stand, walk, run, and perform. Do you want to try a pair? I'm certain that when you put them on and walk around, you are going to quickly realize that these are the most comfortable, natural shoes that you've ever worn. They are designed to feel like you're, quote, walking barefoot on a putting green please visit paluva.com, that's P-E-L-U-V-A, and use the code BRADPODCAST and get 10% off your first pair. Paluvas, let your feet be feet. Hey, I want to tell you about Schwank Grills. This is a revolutionary portable gas infrared grill that uses the exact same heating technology as the world's best steakhouses. You heat up to 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit to grill the juiciest steak you've ever tasted in as little as three minutes. Can you believe it? That's right. You do not have to go to those crowded, noisy, super overpriced steakhouses anymore when you have the same technology in your backyard. And the Schwank portable infrared grill is not just for steak. You can make chicken wings hamburgers, seafood, lobster, vegetables. I make salmon in three minutes. They even have a pizza stone accessory. I want you to visit their very informative and mouth-watering website at schwankgrills.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-N-K. 
everything you cook faster, juicier. The speed is so important, so convenient. Uh, there's a drip tray on the bottom, so you let the juices drip down. I love the bison burger, the venison burgers. That's my game. And then you can add a mixture of butter, spices, whatever you want into the tray. Pour it back onto your meat or your salmon for a huge improvement in flavor. Are you getting hungry? I am. <laughs> Let's go to schwankgrills.com, S-C-H-W-A-N-K, grills.com, and up your home cooking game. This is a one-of-a-kind grill. I have a great discount code for you, of course. It's BRAD150 to save $150 off your purchase of a Schwank grill. Yeah. So in the other show, you talked about the MRIs showing that the people get these, getting these sugar headaches or these depletion headaches are similar to that of the patient with the, the stroke. Now, does that mean if I'm in a carbohydrate dependency eating pattern, I get headaches, I report frequent headaches, am I messing up my brain yes, like, a, like a stroke definitely. person? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear very well on the headphones. Did you say yes? Yes, and definitely. Oh, that's, that's scary stuff. Yeah, actually, it really, you know, we should be paying more attention to these headaches instead of, and, and to the whole concept of hypoglycemia. It's a serious problem, and, um, and it, it can have serious consequences. You know, I'm not saying every time you get a headache, you're, you're going to get like a lesion on your brain, but it, it is an indication that your brain is fear, living very close to the edge there without getting enough energy. And I mean, what is a stroke, right? Well, stroke is a uh, sudden occlusion of blood in an artery that stops the flow of nutrients to the brain. Well, these headaches that are occurring due to energy crises are occurring because the brain is not getting enough, maybe it's oxygen, or maybe it's, um, maybe it's energy, maybe it's sugar. The brain's not getting enough of something to operate. And, um, and it, it can actually end up being a stroke because when the brain is operating, you know, let's say you're, you know, I don't know, let's say you're trying to do your taxes. Let's say you're an accountant and it's tax season and um, you're concentrating, you got all these papers piled up on your desk. You can't take a break. You're getting a killer headache because you're using your brain. Now it's like any other organ. It's like a muscle, exercising muscle. It needs more blood, but it's not getting it. That's why you get the headache. And so when your brain needs more blood than it gets, it very well could end up causing a tiny little stroke. So if we're living in a pattern of frequent headaches, bad dietary habits, and you add up a thousand headaches, we're looking toward brain degeneration. And uh, am I aware of some, is there science showing the connection between the high sugar diet and the increased cases of cognitive decline? I mean, aren't people touting that kind of association because the the glucose is burning dirty as well? Well, definitely. So those people who um, study this, uh, like uh, David Perlmutter, Dr. David Perlmutter is kind of on the leading edge of this, at least, um, you know, publicizing the studies that have been done. He doesn't, I don't think he does any studies himself, but he talks um, about some really good science. And um, he uh, has, keeps showing that, um, keeps sharing the research where people are developing prediabetes and and prediabetes so strongly correlates with Alzheimer's that he calls he calls Alzheimer's type three diabetes. And you know I would say that's totally reasonable because if your brain is dependent on sugar and you can't produce ketones, then you are going to get a lot of these little tiny strokes, and that's going to permanently damage some areas of your brain and can lead to Alzheimer's. 
Um, that said, a lot of times the, the brain can still regenerate at any age. And, and a lot of times people do dramatically better when they change their diet. And in fact, you can see arterial blockages that are 100% um, clear up when people change their diet on, on MRI. How long does it take to notice those effects or reverse some of the damage of high sugar eating? So this was just an anecdotal story, and in, in this particular case, um, I think it was 35 weeks that between MRIs. Like I don't, we don't know how long it really took, but we know that there were 35 weeks between, and one showed a 100% blockage, and the other one showed a normal-looking artery. And it was the, along with it, um, there weren't any cognitive tests done, but the, the MRI was done because the doctor that does these MRIs has an MRI machine in his office um, just to test visceral fat, actually. He was doing that. He noticed so many people reporting that the brain function was improving. He started doing brain MRIs. And um, as soon as he started, he found this, you know, one guy who had a total blockage. And then 35 weeks later, he's a completely different, you know, mental state, feels like his brain actually works for him again. And, and, and there's no blockage. And in a major artery, this is like the middle cerebral artery or something. That's a big, important artery in the brain. And um, it was a miracle. It is a heal. He had essentially a major artery blocked, and now he doesn't. And there was no stent, no surgery, no cardiac surgeon or neurologist saying, I'm going to, you know, open your brain and rewire stuff and router rooter arteries. It was all 100% natural, the body doing what it does when supported by a healthy diet. This, this was like a pretty extreme dietary transition where the person went keto for a number of weeks or... Well, actually, the goal wasn't really so much keto. The goal was stop eating vegetable oils uh-huh. um, and, you know, eat whole foods, eat plenty of vegetables and and get lots of, you know, whole whole food protein sources, which includes the fat, you know, fatty fish and fatty cuts of meat and nuts and just eat a normal diet, basically, you know, a, a human diet. And, um, and, and that's what did it. Fantastic. <laughs> Let's do it, but do do it the right way. So right. we we can envision this intermediate step of perhaps needing to stuff your face with fat if you come from a world of metabolic damage and all that, and just to keep that satiety going, and I guess keep energy jumping right into the bloodstream while you're someday working toward becoming a good fat burner and a good faster. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I've sort of dissed the keto diet a little too much, but it, I use it a lot because it's very helpful for people who have carb addiction and sweet tooths and stuff like that. You get away from that association that you have with your own habits and then that your brain truly has learned to associate sugar and glucose and sweet taste and carbs with energy and its own function being better, being improved. So when you get away, you know, when you're healthy enough to totally drop out your carbs and your sugar and you do that for an extended period of time, your your brain starts to rewire itself, your, your taste buds start to rewire itself. And that has to happen for any diet to become sustainable mm-hmm. because until you enjoy your diet, until you become somebody who craves healthy foods, you're always going to be living, you know, one stressful day away from heading back to the popcorn and cheesecake and cookies and, you know, piles of stuff that you know is bad for you. I'm sorry, my, my earpiece wasn't working yet. Did you say popcorn on that list? <laughs> oh, mercy, that's, that's tough. Now, just, just for fun, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, hypothetically speaking, maybe when, uh, when, the, when the popcorn machine's going, I really, really enjoy it because I've I restricted grains extremely for the last 10 years, pretty cold turkey, 
on any form of grains. But the popcorn has leaked back in there. So is this is is this a constant sort of the, the, the presence of these um, whatever they are high glycemic foods? The humans wired to enjoy those, and so working through that and, and uh, emphasizing the other foods is going to work to a certain extent, but I'm always going to have like a soft spot for popcorn or something. Yeah, it's natural to, to like the sweet thing. Exactly. But, you know, I mean, uh, 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 looking at you <laughs> and knowing you, um, I don't think anybody would say you have a problem with eating too much popcorn, right? And, and, and knowing that you also crave actually truly healthy foods and you do eat a lot of, I mean, it's not like you we had a big dinner yesterday and, and you had for dessert something like uh, we busted out dark exactly. chocolate. Exactly. Yeah. So you have it under control. As long as it, and that's what the key really, the key word there is control, right? Like as long as the popcorn's not controlling you and you're controlling the popcorn, you can have your popcorn. And I suppose if someone admitted, oh, you know, the, 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 the pint of ice cream controls me, I have it five out of seven days a week. That's probably an underlying there's an underlying condition that's not you're a stupid, sorry ass loser, but you got something wrong that's that's pushing you toward there, and the, the accelerated appetite hormones and things like that that the person, like Gary Taub says, it's not your fault. As his quote about uh, uh, obesity and, and so forth, it's because of the hormone dysregulation and the p- profound cravings for high sugar foods coming from inability to burn fat Correct. or the toxic in- ingestion of toxic vegetable oils. Exactly. So, I mean, 99% of people who are overweight have the metabolic problem as a core issue that needs to be resolved before they can really, truly um, regain control, the kind of control right. that they need to have in order for the diet to be, become a new lifestyle, which is what you have to do. You, you can't just follow a ketogenic diet for six months and drop 90 pounds and then expect to get back to a regular American standard American diet because that's going to be more vegetable oils. I mean, I would say that you could if we had a normal food chain, the, say, the sort of food chain that we had 100 years ago where there was actual food available in the grocery store. But that 66% of the average American's cal- caloric intake comes from three ingredients, sugars, refined sugars, flowers and vegetable oils, right? So that leaves 33% for nutrition. No wonder people don't feel good. 66% is junk. It's giving you three ingredients. It's giving you calories to burn in in a dirty manner because the mitochondria is not activated, right? Right. And very little else, just shortening your lifespan, I guess. Right. And that's what's happened because we have, you know, for the first time, now, um, in recorded history, we have children with a shorter lifespan, life expectancy than their, their parents. And so thank you very much, Harvard. That's what you've done in telling us to avoid saturated fat and, you know, cut salt and worry constantly about your blood cholesterol numbers and don't eat eggs or anything like that. So that's, that's Harvard. That's the legacy of, um, you know, the, the Ivy League Medical Association. And, and the other pillars that we've, we sort of automatically or inherently respect due to, I guess you'd say, branding and, and brainwashing. But it's, it's, it's a pretty serious accusation. You, you told me Harvard's bought and sold and everybody knows it and when that coconut oil thing came out. And I think it's pause for reflection where we, we don't have time to think critically about this stuff. So we're going to go to our, our resources. But then it turns out... Um, they are cherry picking information, 
you mentioned the Minnesota, what was it called? The Minnesota Heart Study, the Minnesota Cardiac Study? The Min- Minnesota Coronary Experiment. Yeah, yeah, you can Google this and it says previously suppressed data or terms like that, where you're like, these people were doing, you know, a, a, a high profile scientific experiment and now we're finding that they suppress data. That's pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we do get actually... kicked out of Harvard for that, supposedly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But maybe not. Maybe you just get promoted get to promoted. tenured professor. <laughs> exactly. I mean, no joke. It's I mean, the corporate relationships that run everything. And so... <laughs> oh, funding the person's research, so they have to sort of toe the line. Of, yes, exactly. And and that's the problem, is that, um, you know, follow the money. It's a cliche, but uh, we haven't done it when it comes to nutrition science. And, um, it, you know, some... There's like one journalist, Nina Teicholz, who's working in this space, and um, and, uh, you know, she has done an amazing job of, of trying to catch people. Um, these are a lot of older people now who, uh, were part of this whole cover up and, and stuff that has happened over the past, they all you know, have, a lot they of people the though, 70s. so they can't really, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of them are dead now because I mean, this was done so long ago. Right. But, um, when she was doing the interviews, uh, a lot of people she tried to interview were, were kind of like duck and cover. They were like, I can't talk about that, like gag order type stuff, you know, CIA level, <laughs> you know, black ball, just I don't want my family to get killed sort of <laughs> scenarios because the the edible oil industry kind of is the big, is big oil, right? When it comes to nutrition, that is big oil and they run a lot of the research and um, they basically run these institutions of so-called higher learning in medicine. So when we see that heart healthy on the label of the vegetable oil, you told me the, the price tag this was to, to get on, to get the heart healthy terminology on your food label. Yeah. Companies pay $750,000 for the heart healthy check. So like Kellogg's and um, you know, the people who make honey nut Cheerios, they bought that. Um, and that was the price tag, you know, 15 years ago. I imagine it's gone up now if they still have that. Now they have, or they may have something else, but there's always some way to earn money by um, trying to say you're healthy and having the American Heart Association, um, you know, say that they improve. So basically, if the American Heart Association says it's healthy, it's probably a red flag that you should avoid it. Well, that's uh, <laughs> a, a nice pop-off comment, but we also have to go back to what the last 50 years of taking the advice of the American Heart Association and seeing the rates of heart disease, obesity, cancer climbing to the point where now the kids are going to live less lengthy than their parents. So wherever you stand on the sides of the debate and your previously near and dear beliefs, we obviously have a major massive problem here in modern society where a large portion of the people are trying to do the right thing. I mean, we have the junk food stupid, lazy loser who sits on the couch, plays video games and eats crap and and good luck to them. But all these people who are are working out in in a devoted manner and shopping and watching their calories and looking at labels that say heart healthy, that's the part where there's the extreme concern that we're being brainwashed and and manipulated due to corporate interest. And they end up eating the same three ingredients that the stupid, Uh, lazy guy on the couch is the same. It's just packaged differently. Cheerios versus the deep fried onion rings. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay, we're checking off our bullshit meter box. And oh, just back to the keto story. So it seems like there's this common notion that if you just stuff your face with enough fat, you're going to make a bunch of ketones and you're going to, the higher number, the better. And you're shaking your head going, no, 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 no. 
Right. So, I mean, you, you ketone production in the liver is regulated by your hormones. And so the, the state of your hormones that has to occur is low insulin, which you'll get, you know, more readily following a lower carb diet than a higher carb diet, but how also has to be high glucagon. And you're not going to get that when you've just eaten. So, um, and, and even just a little bit of food will bump up your insulin level enough that shuts down ketone production because the body has to prepare to store the fat, right? So that's the real thing is that your body is getting ready to do something different with the fat that it receives. The liver doesn't know where the fat came from. It's just receiving fatty acids, but it does know how many it's getting at once and what else is coming along with it. And that is a signal of what to do with it. So if it's getting a whole ton, it's going to start making cholesterol particles so that it can go to the body fat for storage. And if it's just getting a little bit in droops and drabs and has a little bit of insulin and a lot of glucagon, then it's going to start breaking up the fatty acids that it gets into little pieces, snips, snipping them up into ketones. So it's never, ever, ever going to get a whole ton of extra fat if you're not eating, because as, as human uh, metabolic function is going, like you've taught me uh, wonderfully, the body makes exactly what it needs and no more of anything ever, right. including ketones. So if we're fasting and we're asking ourselves to perform a peak cognitive task at our desk or we're walking on a three-hour hike or we're an athlete who's highly fat adapted and is going for a, a tempo run of an hour and hasn't eaten in 12 hours, we're making whatever we need to get through the performance, so to speak, mm -hmm. but no more. Right. In contrast, when we eat the six-egg omelet, we're slamming down a bunch of calories that we certainly don't need at the time, then we got to go to work. And so you're saying make cholesterol rather than make ketones because of right. our, our handful of macadamia nuts and our three fat bomb balls. Exactly. So the, the body figures that when you're getting a whole bunch of stuff coming in, well, first of all, it's got to store it. So it has to, it has to slow down ketone production and shift over into more cholesterol production. Um, and, and it also figures that there's probably going to be enough nutrition for the cell, most of the cells to use that, that whatever sugar the liver can produce or whatever sugar was in the food is going to be good enough for the brain. So it won't need to produce ketones. So it's just, if you, if you kind of like think about, well, why does the body do what it does and what does the body need to accomplish, then it really helps you come up with a lot more logical and reasonable explanations for how things are. Um, I think Peter Atia mentioned that you can also make glucose from ingested fats, the glycerol, or, or from stored fats. So in other words, if you're not... And adjusted, yeah. So they all have, they're all triglyceride. So right, whether right. it's you ate it or your body, yes, it, it, absolutely. And you, you can make glucose. Mm -hmm. So if you're not good at burning fat, mm -hmm. you're not good at fasting, mm -hmm. but you decide to go keto and you bought some random book, not the Keto Reset Diet, quoting frequently from Dr. Kate Shanahan, but whatever, you watch a YouTube video <laughs> and you start just stuffing your face with fat three times a day or five times a day or having the snacks and just loading up on fat. I have a great anecdote from... Uh, my, my friend's uh, friend who showed up at lunch and whipped out a stick of butter and sliced the butter. Every time she took a bite of whatever was on her plate, she just threw more butter on. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I'm going keto, right? So if we, if we have this flawed approach, 
were, were, were defeating the purpose. Well, yeah, I mean, you're eating so many calories that, I mean, how are you going to lose weight if you're eating extra calories? And, um, you know, calories do matter, right? There's a lot of folks talking about how calories don't matter. No, calories do matter, but they're not the only thing that matters. There's far from the only thing that matters. But um, it's important to realize that you can eat too many calories on a ketogenic diet very easily because fat is so rich in calories. So, um, you know, if what you're trying to accomplish is weight loss, then that's a f- definitely a flawed approach. If what you're trying to accomplish is more nutrients from butter and you're getting grass-fed butter, well, then it works for that. <laughs> but if you're, if you're just blindly trying to enjoy the Vana benefits of high ketone numbers on your meter and you're, you're striving to do that through massive ingestion of fat, purposeful ingestion of extra fat, you're heading down a dead-end road, it sounds like. Absolutely. I and mean, it's much more efficient to fast, uh, you know, and that's a better way to produce ketones if you're healthy enough. If you try to do that and you don't feel good, then you're not healthy enough and you should do something else, right? Like, you're just not ready for, for those high numbers just right now. That's all. Uh, so you mentioned glucagon, not glycogen, glucagon, which is the counter-regulatory hormone of insulin. So you're saying when you're eating any sort of meal, the glucagon is going to spike? Yeah. So, uh, no, I'm sorry. Glucagon is going to drop. You need drop. to have glucagon at a certain amount in order for the enzyme that produces ketones in your liver to be activated. And glucagon's role is, like I said, counter-regulatory. So it's bringing, it's taking things out of storage and putting them into the bloodstream for energy. Correct. The opposite of insulin. Yes. Right. So when you eat anything, glucagon falls. Correct. Doesn't matter the macronutrient composition. It could be a a 100% fat snack or macadamia nuts, which are mostly fat. Right. You're going to suppress glucagon Mm -hmm. and thereby inhibit ketone production. You got it. Exactly. Where do the supplements fall into that? So if you ingest directly, you mainline the ketone uh, drink, you're going to shut off internal ketone production because you just got some with the supplement. So, yeah, that's a really good question. I, I mean, I don't know how ketones themselves regulate. So, because we haven't really studied that. Like, we know how sugar regulates these enzymes. We know how fat regulates. We know how protein. But I don't know how, I personally off the top of my head don't fully know. I would imagine it's the same as just like any eating. Like, actually, I would imagine it's very similar to alcohol. Because alcohol is basically um, a precursor to acetate and ketones are also a precursor to acetate which is two carbon molecule that oh so now i can drink to to help get get my keto you get the benefits you get the benefits of ketones from alcohol you won't necessarily see ketones at a high level in your bloodstream but you get the same benefits in terms of energy for your brain because your brain loves alcohol no surprise. <laughs> Bullshit meter turning on. Wait a second. Your brain, does your brain burn alcohol efficiently? I mean, well, so what happens is that your liver has to process it. So alcohol as alcohol is not good, right? Mm-hmm. It's a solvent. But what happens is your liver, at, if you drink slowly, your liver processes it into acetate and can make ketones out of it or can make fat out of it. Um, uh, and a lot of other stuff it can make out of it. But um, but so if your liver, if you're, let's say you're drinking at this perfect rate where you don't really get too much of an alcohol buzz, most of the alcohol is quickly converted into acetate, your 
brain is then going to be experiencing the benefits of ketones. And I truly believe that a big part of why people like alcohol is because it gives you this energy benefit to your brain of ketones. It, of course, it also is a solvent and a social, it has like all kinds of social lubricant effects, which are wonderful for a lot of folks. And, you know, that releases dopamine and whatnot. But, but, you know, you have to really moderate it because it is a solvent and can be toxic. Greetings, my fitness-minded listeners. I want to acquaint you with the Primal Fitness Expert Certification Program, the most comprehensive home study multimedia fitness education course in the world. If you want to enhance your personal knowledge of all aspects of leading a healthy, active, fit lifestyle, this total immersion course will be life-changing. I'm the lead instructor and author of the course, and we have 14 chapters of extensive written content with over 100 accompanying videos covering topics such as general everyday movement, including micro-workouts and dynamic workstation tips, the full experience of gym-based strength training and all the different modalities, a complete presentation on all aspects of sprinting, both running and low-impact options, an assortment of high-intensity interval training and high-intensity repeat training strategies, a detailed education on the principles and practical application of aerobic endurance training, and extensive commentary, the most you will find in any publication, on all aspects and symptoms of overtraining and burnout. We even have fascinating peripheral topics like integrating nasal diaphragmatic breathing, dynamic stretching, injury prevention, and developing a peak performance mindset. It's really something, this course. We went all out for over two years with a great team to develop this amazing home-based fitness education for you. And you get one-on-one expert email support and private Facebook group connection throughout your studies to ensure that you absorb everything optimally and you pass your series of exams and get certified. So go to primalhealthcoach.com slash Brad to enjoy a very special limited time. And I'm not kidding. This is a big time discount just for you. 25% off your tuition. A fantastic premium offer at primalhealthcoach.com slash Brad for the most comprehensive fitness course you can ever find. Hey man, how's your sexual function? Oh, uncomfortable talking about it? Look, we talk about our injured knees, our belly fat, so it's time to get focused on function. I want to tell you about Gaines Wave. This is a cutting-edge protocol where a handheld device sends low-intensity shock waves into your penile blood vessels to stimulate a healing response and promote increased blood circulation and the growth of new blood vessels. A skilled practitioner puts the Gaines Wave magic wand onto your magic wand, and after a series of 6 to 12 very brief treatments, which are painless but extremely effective, you get real results. Gaines Wave reports an 80% success rate. Now, we know that popping pills is a popular penile protocol, but when you're working with clogged pipes, you just get a temporary band-aid effect when you take prescription drugs. Gaines Wave addresses the cause of age-related decline by stimulating growth factors and activating dormant stem cells. Translation, stronger, harder, more sustainable erections. I learned about Gainsway from my podcast guest, Dr. Judson Brandeis at the Brandeis MD Clinic in Northern California, and there's a robust network of Gainsway providers that you can find on their website near you. 
complete a series of treatments, and the beneficial effects will last for a long time, especially if you eat and exercise well, to promote overall vascular health. It's a tune-up for your equipment, and while it's great for ED, Gaines Wave is for any man that wants to combat the effects of aging and get a little boost for your A-game. So please visit GainesWave.com slash Brad. That's G-A-I-N-S-W-A-V-E dot com slash B-R-A-D to find a practitioner in your area, and you can take advantage of my special promotion, buy six treatments, and get one free. You have nothing to lose and lots to gain from gainswave.com slash Brad. <laughs> so if you're sipping red wine throughout your evening at the art gallery, yeah, exactly. your brain is making wonderful insights looking at the abstract paintings. Yes, and you are most... Um... Did you make up that term, alcohol is a social lubricant? That's very, very <laughs> nice, no, descriptive term. <laughs> I'm feeling a little lubricated here after my wine. Okay. We'll leave the audience to process the rest of that. I stole it from somebody. I have no idea who came up with that. Um, so now with our rapid fire bullshit meter turned on, we want to get to some other topics because you're kind of tripping me out uh, throughout the morning here. And, um, I was talking about my aversion to coffee based on my longstanding belief, uh, highly informed that I am. But I, I didn't want to ingest a central nervous system stimulant. This dates back to when I was an athlete because I wanted to experience my full fatigue level every day as an athlete so I would inform my training decision accordingly. I didn't want to slam myself with the coffee and heavy metal music and go out there and pedal when I really was kind of tired and dragging and stiff. And that was my thought process so that I don't want to pay the price later. And you're going... Yeah, yeah. So, what, what, I mean, what do you think about that? So, caffeine is kind of miraculous <laughs> in that it, it like magnifies the um, effect of your adrenaline. But if you are super tired and you don't have any adrenaline, and then it's going to have no effect. Caffeine's not going to have any effect. It's just not going to pick me up if I'm already down. Yeah. Right. Oh. I mean, you know, this what is if your people, metabolism follows the textbook rules. What are all these Nick Nolte saying in, in the Woody Allen movie where he's staggering around until he gets his cup? Because obviously he looks trashed. Like people are saying, I, I can't function without my coffee. Well, so what happens is your body's very smart. If you always have coffee, say at seven in the morning, your body says, okay, I'm not going to produce so much of whatever, like cyclic AMP or whatever thing that it, it, your cells are getting energy from the, the adrenaline, or I'm not going to even produce that much adrenaline. I'm just going to wait for the coffee, oh. right? So it's, you habituate to it if it's, a, if it's a, a ritual kind of a thing. So then you become, you know, temporarily dependent on it. And if you go cold turkey, you're going to feel bad for a few days, but then things will restore and you'll be fine again. Or you just cut down gradually and you'll never notice anything. <laughs> is it a time of day thing? Or is it just the general time ingestion of, of the substance to your body? Your biological clock is used to a right. jolt? Yes. Your, your, your body and your um, these circadian hormones are very tied to time of day and biological clock. So they keep track of what time it is and what time you're getting your coffee. And, and they um, turn up and turn down accordingly. So it'll magnify the effect of adrenaline, and is that is there any adverse uh, effects to that? If you have like um, you know like a tendency to get cardiac palpitations, then you can get more palpitations, but they're not considered dangerous. Um, 
Beyond that, no. The the most of the problem that people have from caffeine is from the other stuff that comes with coffee or tea, like the theobromine and like zeaxanthin and uh, some of these other molecules that actually kind of upset the stomach a lot or overactivate the nervous system in the stomach. So you Mm. get really grumbly, crampy stomach. A lot of people get that kind of thing. Um, some people get like, uh, breast cysts or cysts in their skin from caffeine for some reason. I don't really know, but I'm sure it has something to do with, um, the, the, the caffeine itself and, uh, and, or just like the other ingredients in coffee. So they have to avoid it. But, you know, beyond those, those kinds of complications that some people have for the most part, it's, it's a pretty wonderful substance. It's, I think, isn't it like the most like beyond it might even be water, because I know there are people that don't drink water. Your dad, you drink say, caffeine. lives on caffeine <laughs> yeah. and does these midnight work binges and then goes back to sleep and then drinks more caffeine, drinks more coffee. He's either drinking coffee, asleep, or doing CrossFit. That's his lifestyle. <laughs> and he's been that way since I've known him, which has been a while. So, and and he, he's an example of highly productive longevity. He's in his 70s, and he's still working hard and working out hard, so something's going okay for him. Caffeine can't be that bad. Could you use it as a, uh, you know, a performance enhancer if it's time to go to your workout at 5 p.m. after a long, difficult day at the office and you're not quite feeling jacked up, or at 3 p.m. when it's time to work on your presentation for tomorrow and you're just dragging ass a little bit? Yeah, so maybe, right? Like, it depends if you are able to produce adrenaline. You know, if you get enough adrenaline going on your own, then it magnifies that effect. But if you just are so wiped that you don't really produce enough adrenaline, um, then it's got nothing to magnify and it's not going to help. So it's not independent. It's not an independent. It's not like meth or whatever. Right, exactly. (laughs) It's not like that. It's not not in that same category. No, it Uh it doesn't work that way. So it's going to take some raw material and... Yeah. To mold it. Yeah. Okay. So those things work because they are neurotransmitters and they directly stimulate the nerve. So ca- the way caffeine works is um, the the neurotransmitter is adrenaline and caffeine magnifies mm. that signal. Mm. I suppose you would say there's no good uh, outside source of neurotransmitter <laughs> magical energy that's not going to put you in the you're not going to lose teeth eventually. Yeah, the, I wouldn't. Those that seems like dangerous territory when you're giving yourself neurotransmitters. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Oh, the, on to my next um, category was supplements. The supplement world, the multi-billion-dollar supplement world. Um, one of my favorites. P.S. Vaunted to help uh, suppress the uh, flow of fight or flight hormones when you're in an over overly stressful state, such as a day of jet travel, jet lag. Uh, heavy training where you're kind of wired on that fight or flight aftermath and you'd really rather start the recovery process, start kicking into parasympathetic function rather than sympathetic dominance. And the story sounds wonderful to me, um, but you're, you're smiling again, like, wait a second. So your pancreas digests that PS so that it's total BS by the time it's done. (laughs) So, yeah, your pancreas has lipases, and lipases, the job of lipases is to help you digest triglyceride and um, and and fat and separate fatty acids from other molecules. So there's a specific kind of lipase that the pancreas produces that breaks down um, 
the uh, the lecithins, and which is a, PS is a type of lecithin, or it's a, uh, a um, it's 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 kind of like fatty acids bonded to something other than glycerol, and um, and it breaks the fatty acids off, and so that it's not PS by the time it's been digested and gets into your bloodstream, it's not that anymore. You have like ethanolamine and two fatty acids. Is that the case for quite a few supplements? Where you're just swallowing something that's going to be uh, uh, plunged into an acidic uh, bath in the stomach and rendered uh, irrelevant, useless. Yeah, exactly. Because unfortunately, um, you know, for people who spend a lot of money on supplements, but I, I you know, the um, so many people would we don't learn to cook. And so it just seems so much easier to swallow a pill that's going to have these miraculous effects. But what they're doing is they're selling you stuff that your body makes out of food. And if you eat it, even if you eat it in the food, you know, when you eat eggs, you get a good amount of uh, phosphatidylcholine. But still, your body breaks it down and has to reform it, you know, so, so that it... Um, and it may or may not elect to reform it. It may take those fatty acids and do something completely different with it, or it may break down the ethanolamine and turn it into something completely different. You can't control what the body's going to do once you give it these raw materials. But most supplements are, are stuff like that, like choline is another example. It's stuff that your body, your cells need to make this, and they need to make it. And if you're eating it and giving it to your body, your body doesn't want to be told what to do. A lot of these things have regulatory effects on the cells. And so when you eat this sort of thing, if your body couldn't digest it, you would be in big trouble. So it's a good thing that you're you're wasting your money on your supplements because if you weren't, you would, you know, bad things would happen when you're regulating your cellular your metabolism and your cellular activity by what you eat. Because that's not how it's done. The cells need to be in charge of what they're doing, not your not your, your supplements that you're taking. So what do you mean it's a good thing that you're spending the money on this stuff? It's a good thing that you're, that you're wasting your money on stuff, yeah. that, that, it's a, that it turns out that it's a waste of money. Because if it oh, actually oh, it's had a good an thing effect, that, right, it, right, it right. could be bad. Right. So if I get the message from a, a functional medicine practitioner or whomever, saying you're, you're, you're training so hard, you're depleting your B vitamins, and so you need a B complex as well as you need manganese and you need this one and you need that one because we've identified you. And some somewhat reputable, let's say it's a blood test or whatever, that's the usual protocol, right? You get tested and they say, oh, you need some more iron if it's a, a straight-up MD looking at your, your CPC or if you're going to a woo-woo doctor and they're going to pick out these other things that are going to magically heal you are we do we have a percentage of, of bs on that whole that whole thought process and that whole protocol of taking targeted supplements so if you're replacing something that your diet is deficient in then that's a good thing if you're replacing something if you're eating something that you're you're getting enough of already it's not really doing you very much good any bad uh, if I'm taking can. a simple way, multi that's... No, I mean, not if it's close to balance, right? If it's way imbalanced, which most of them are, um, oh. then it can be bad. And we know that, like, vitamin A increases the risk of certain kind of um, 
lung cancer, you know, and, and so there's, um, there's the calcium and magnesium curve. balance too, right? Every, right? All the old ladies are taking calcium and they're depleting magnesium accordingly because they're over, overdosing. Yeah, or their bodies just can't use it without the full complement of stuff, so it ends up in their arteries. And so, you know, there's that U-shaped curve, right? It's bad if you don't get enough, but it's bad if you get too much. And this applies to, to you know, all the essential nutrients, amino acids, vitamins, minerals. Do you think that we're good at identifying deficiencies? So if I no. go in and spend hundreds of dollars on some fancy-pantsy test... No, we're very bad at it because the reason is simply that we can't measure what we need to measure. And so you can be peeing, spitting, and, um, you know, donating blood for these tests, but you really need to measure the tissue concentrations and nobody's taking biopsies. Can you do that to a live person without much trouble? I know you can go take a muscle biopsy and see your fast twitch to slow twitch, but it's super painful apparently and, and... Cost prohibitive and all that. And it would also be worthless because we don't know what the normal levels are since no one's done it. Oh, (laughs) we could be the first few people to start normalizing. Right. Okay, so really, um, there's no good way to determine. There's one good way. Check all four boxes and eat the four pillars of world cuisine. Measure what you're eating. And how do you do that? So, well, my favorite app is the chronometer. They should be, like, giving me some sort of... They should free ad space on their site because I direct everybody to a chronometer, C-R-O-N-O-M-E-T-E-R. That's the funnest app to use for just, like, it gives you all your uh, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, and stuff like that. Okay. And just type in what you ate and see what you're regularly deficient in day after day, and that's probably you know, something you should supplement. Uh, so the RDAs are pretty respectable. That's the best say, thing we have. Right. We don't have any better. Right. So what Genova Labs is doing, which is very interesting, is they're creating their own sort of database out of, like, what is the spectrum of the population. And they're, they're calling the middle of the road there normal. It may not be. But that's how they define whether you're good or bad. And in a, in a world where we eat mostly junk food and, um, you know, our metabolism, where 90% of the population is insulin resistant, I'm not sure that that's very, you know, valuable. What they want to do is they want to normalize it to those few percentage of the population that doesn't have insulin resistance, but they're normalizing it to their whole population. So let's, let's, let's go check the Olympic athletes and normalize <laughs> to that. Right. <laughs> I mean... It, it, it seems like if you took the most exceptional health specimens, like the, the, the 107-year-old guy that cut my hair yesterday <laughs> and dr- driving from upstate New York, World Speed Golf Championships, to here in southern Connecticut, uh, Mia Moore, my girl, read a, a news story about this guy who was getting lauded for his uh, longest Guinness World Record, oldest barber. And it's like, <laughs> wait a second, Newberg is on our route to Dr. Kate's house. And we stopped off, and this dude gave me a haircut at 107. Yeah, from the 50s, right? Now you look like Don Draper. He, he got me good. Yeah, <laughs> he took his time. But something that guy's doing is working, and everyone uh, kind of, you know, they, they default to, oh, he's lucky, he has good genes, let's write that off, and uh, I'll, I'll cross my fingers and hope my fate isn't a disaster like it has been for uh, people in my family tree. And I think that's what your life's work has been about, is to second-guess this kind of notion and say, hey, look, we, you know, if you're not eating the four pillars and you're getting two-thirds of your calories from, from crap, you're, you're tempting fate, right? Absolutely. There's no way you can be as healthy as you should be. 
if that's your diet. And, and importantly, there's no way you can have help uh, children who are as healthy as they could and should be if that's what you've been eating and if that's what you feed them. Is a lot of damage done for the first 18 years where your kid ate too much crap and now Some things we had a window of time there, like your brain development? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But I mean, like autism, right? Just, you're born with that. You can do a lot better when you fix your diet. You can, do, you can have remarkable turnarounds when you fix your diet, but you are starting from a different baseline. Unfor- you know, tragically, right? It's, it's, there's opportunities that are lost all around this country, you know, for the past 50, 60 years, thanks to Harvard, thanks to the lie the, that created this experiment that we're all living in now where we're eating 60% of our calories from absolute junk. What was that quote? Uh, I mean, you characterize it as um, the great human experiment. Really, it has been an experiment to see how many people die I forget your exact words. It was pretty gnarly. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know what I said, but I, I mean, it is it is an experiment that we're all living in, and it's an experiment to see, you know, um, how much chronic disease we can create, you know, how long we can keep people with chronic diseases alive and while we continue to um, foster the development of more chronic disease. We want to keep them alive with, with, with prescriptions, right? So we let them to keep eating their junky diet that's making them sick, and invent prescriptions that keep them from dying so they can, can remain consumers of our crappy diet and all of our pharmaceuticals. Make profit off but the That's the, the experiment that we're living in. And it's very dystopian. It sounds dystopian, and it is dystopian. I mean, it's completely, this is my, that's my life as a doctor, is, is like opening people's eyes to that reality so that they can opt out of the system altogether. And unfortunately, you know, people have some, you know, fortunately, people have a sense that that's happening and they're going more to alternative methods. And unfortunately, there's just as many shysters in the alternative medicine world as there are, you know, I mean, doctors don't go to medicine to become shysters and people don't go into alternative medicine to become shysters, but they just don't dig deeply enough into their profitable business models to question whether what they're doing is really beneficial or could it be, you know, very unbeneficial. Right. Just, just to... Um just to frame this, it seems like there's not a lot of uh, lying, devious, cold-hearted people, but they have blinders on and they're not thinking critically and therefore they're buying into um, the, the conventional notions. Dr. Timothy Noakes is a great example where he's you know, tearing out pages of his previous <laughs> best-selling book because he's open-minded and willing to accept a new paradigm, which is the, the, the fat-burning paradigm rather than the carbohydrate paradigm in relation to exercise physiology and endurance performance. Where and the Remember you said follow the money? So the Gatorade Sports Science Institute, it's not hard to follow the money because it's called the Gatorade <laughs> Sports Science Institute. And these are people that are highly educated, highly trained, doing their life's work to see how the body metabolizes certain different types of sugar when you're out there running a marathon so you can get the best energy but no one thought about the faster study, which is only a few years old, where it's like, oh, long-distance endurance athletes don't even need sugar at the extreme examples. They can go on fat and ketones if they don't uh, throw those gels down their throat every 20 minutes. Right, if they're fat-adapted. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of a more peaceful way to, to look at it. But, boy, to you know, my shout-out to like a, the physician world, who dispense dietary advice. I just have to I just have to raise my hand and go bullshit because if you're if you're if if you don't know what you don't know, that's the most number one rank, most dangerous, worse than the shyster who's spouting off and 
you know, uh, just uninformed or even devious, but wow, how do we, how do we turn this around? How do we tell the doctors to shut their mouth when it comes to dispensing nutrition advice, for example? Yeah, exactly. I mean, what you have to do is you have to have yourself a compelling enough story that people believe it. And so, you know, I usually start my consultations with people by telling the story, like, here's my philosophy so that I can elect, so that people, I mean, can elect to decide whether it makes sense to them or not, right? Well, if you go uh, strict, hardcore vegan, and so you're, you're departing from this 66% eating <laughs> shit, and now you're going and uh, having your lentil soup and your brown rice, um, I imagine any departure from standard American diet is going to generate fabulous, That's wonderful right. results. Exactly. Now, the follow-up question would be like, are we looking at trouble a year later or two years later because you're not getting the glycosaminoglycans from the meat on the bone and you're not getting the organ meats, and so you're going to kind of wind down the benefits and you're going to start feeling depleted? Well, no, you won't feel depleted so much as you just won't feel as good as you could, right? Like, I guess, you know, it's it's kind of more like, um, it, it's a way to age faster, right? If you, if you need Oof. something that you're not getting, you're going to age faster. And we have no so. reference point. Right. Because we think 80, <laughs> I mean, we do have reference point. Uh, Jean Calment from France, she's the world record holder. I intend to beat her. She's 120, <laughs> she died at 122 years old. Oh Go gosh. look at her on YouTube. She has an interview when she was 119, sharp as a tack. And then ordering her a wheelchair person to to move her along if the interview was over. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. Avant the mosh, as she said at the end. <laughs> so we have reference point. And then we think, eight, speaking of two-thirds, we think 80 is impressive longevity. Two-thirds right. of our potential is just fine. And so that that's, seems weird to me when we know that a human can go this long. Well, not everybody can because it really depends on your connective tissue. So, like you, connective tissue is a big longevity. It is uh, the determining factor of your quality of life as as you age. It's what holds you together, right? It's what makes up your joints. It's what makes up your skin. So, if you're somebody that has skin that looks pretty good, chances are that your joints also look pretty good. I mean, it's not 100% there, but um, but chances are that because what you want is joints. That last, and of course, very, very important is your arteries, right? We can't really mm. see these unless we do an ultrasound, but is that people get aneurysms. Tissue? Yeah, they're made out of connective, connective tissue. tissue. Yes. So arteries, skin, joints. They're made out of connective tissue. Okay. So they're, they're, not, they're not skeleton, but they're made out of like collagen and cartilage and that kind of um, supposed to be elasticy, stretchy, sturdy stuff. And they're supposed to not have aneurysms. And if our connective tissue isn't that good, they develop aneurysms and they bleed and we die. Um, and and um, if our connective tissue is not good enough, then our joints hurt, you know, way more than they're supposed to as we age. Then we don't exercise as much. Whatever. Exactly. So it can be a vicious cycle and shuts us down. So, so there are some people who are just, that truly genetically lucky and, you know, blessed basically with this fantastic connective tissue. We're all supposed to be that way, mm. mind you. Like, it's that's supposed to be an, an, something that we um, get with birth, with our birth certificate. But because our diets have been sort of screwy for generations now, our, you know, our genes aren't at their full potential anymore. Didn't you uh, have the cutoff date of... 1950. So if you were born before that and you were raised on these home prepared 
traditional meals, you're, you're way better off than the post-war baby, baby boomer who was eating TV dinners instead of grandmother's bone broth. Exactly, exactly. That's now right. Now we'll do our best to catch up by consuming <laughs> the four right. pillars of world cuisine. Kate Shanahan, Deep Nutrition, thanks again. This was going to be a short show, but we, we got into it, and I, I appreciate <laughs> you. You're, you're doing great stuff. Go get the book. Where else do we um, connect with you? Well, there's my website. For more connective tissue, drkate.com. <laughs> drkate.com. Right. Yeah, but mostly I'm in clinic, you know, working with people every day. Fighting, fighting the battle (laughs) on the front lines, and also I think that's what that's what I like about is you you get that special insight where you're not just sitting in a lab doing research or sitting in a a beautiful office writing books, but you're also dealing with real humans and getting coughed on, like you like you said, and (laughs) making sure that you have your fermented foods to to ward off illness in the wintertime, all that stuff. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Dr. Kate, bringing it. Thanks, Brad. It's been fun. Thank you for listening to the show. We would love your feedback at getoveryourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And we would also love if you could leave a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a hassle. You have to go to desktop iTunes, click on the tab that says ratings and reviews, and then click to rate the show anywhere from five to five stars. And it really helps spread the word so more people can find the show and get over themselves because they need to. Thanks for doing it. Hey, how about a backwards commercial? Are you ready? So go to OrganifiShop.com and enter the discount code BRAD for 20% off your order. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com. Why would I do something as silly as a backwards commercial? It's because I'm positive you have to try this stuff. Trust me, order some now. It's going to change your life. Organifi is an organic superfood supplement company. They're known for their greens. You take them when you travel, get all your nutrition. But I like their top secret Organifi Gold Warm relaxation beverage. This is the single best tasting tea you will ever try in your life. So if you want something soothing, delicious, nutritious at the end of your busy, productive day, pour yourself a scoop of Organifi Gold. What's in there? Turmeric, the anti-inflammatory superstar is the base. And then listen to this, smooth coconut milk, cinnamon, ginger, lemon balm, and two super mushrooms. It's legit. It's delicious. Check it all out at OrganifiShop.com. And don't forget to put in Brad for 20% off. Try Organifi Gold. If you're not totally satisfied, send it back to me and I'll keep it.